Kitchen. Ladies and gentlemen of that, the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited. He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette sports. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do so Friday. Then, of course, at 4 o'clock, uh, I'm joined by Jeff Julik, Nate Barrett, Alan Karpik. We do the Boiler Basketball Show. It is the way to wrap up your work week right here on 1017 The Hammer. You can always reach out on the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline at 765-447-4080 at 765-447-4080. That is how you get at me with your thoughts ahead of this big Pivotal matchup tonight in the Big Ten between Purdue and Illinois. We'll break it all down. We'll talk with Sam. Why don't we get started like we always do? Need to know news time. Here's your need to know news. All right, let's start with the Big Ten last night. Uh, I told you, man. Minnesota might be a little bit better than we think, but we set the bar pretty low. I told you I would not be surprised if they went out there to Michigan and... uh, not only covered, but won. And they do. 73-71. to 71. Meanwhile, Michigan State. Oh, my goodness. Penn State does its part by shooting terribly. Because we had the under last night, right? But then Michigan State comes out shoots 56% from the field. 10 of 21 from three. Good Lord. Is Michigan State back? Are they back in it and gave themselves a two-game handicap to get started? It might be time to have that conversation. But it is Penn State, and we know Penn State's not good. Like, I'm not trying to minimize it. I'm just saying I think we seriously have to start considering that Michigan State now wants to has, has maybe figure this out and now wants to be a player in the Big Ten race. Only one game in the Big Ten tonight. Fox Sports 1, 8.30. The Illini, ninth-ranked team in the country, coming into Purdue. Boilers minus 10.5 that spread. Blackhawks looking in their winless streak as they head into Jersey to take on the Devils. This road streak has been brutal. Seems like every game they're bigger and bigger underdogs. Massive underdogs again tonight, plus 340. But Connor Bedard did get named to the All-Star team yesterday. He becomes the youngest player to do so in NHL history, beating out uh, Jeff Skinner by like some 50 days once they finally play this thing. Good for him. Colts have a chance to claim the AFC South title with a win and a Jaguars loss. A win does put them in the playoffs on Saturday night. Jacksonville saying that uh, QB Trevor Lawrence is a true game-time decision in Tennessee. He has not practiced uh, fully this week at all. Meanwhile, the Colts list six players as questionable to play. Three of them offensive linemen. Ryan Kelly, 
Quentin Nelson, and Braden Smith all listed as questionable going into this absolutely pivotal matchup with the Houston Texans. Maryland quarterback Talia Tugavailoa, transfer portal. Today was the last day. He's in. The Big Ten's leading passer is on the move. Pacers hosting the Hawks tonight. Three and a half point home favorites of the blue and gold. Bulls hosting Charlotte. That line opened at seven and a half, up two points now to nine and a half. Bulls the favorite. Bulls won the first meeting of the season against Charlotte at home. 111 to 100. And that's what I got for you guys in today's Need to Know News. So ice cold in the bets this week. I, we really got burnt on a couple unders this week. I mean, look. We liked that under yesterday. But nobody thought Michigan State was going to come out and shoot 56%. Yeesh. And I think what did Penn State had like some 16, 17 turnovers. I mean, they were bad, bad, bad. Like 26 points in the first half. They did their job, and then Michigan State's like, no, we'll pick up the slack. Don't worry. Ugh. Yeesh. Only one Big Ten game tonight. I'll tell you this. When it comes to Purdue and Illinois, 10 and a half absolutely seems like a little too much to me. But at the same time, it's hard to gauge what Illinois is going to do without Terrence Shannon Jr. against a team like Purdue. I already know what they could do against Northwestern. But we're talking 10.5 points, and it's just like, oh boy, I don't know about that, man. I was looking at DraftKings. They had some higher point totals for Zach Eady. I think they were 23.5 there. I found it a little bit cheaper over at... um, over at FanDuel, I think they were down. They were like twenty-two. But are you know? Over, I did find over DraftKings. They do have a fifty percent boost for you tonight on this game, which I was more than happy to scoop up this morning. But as for player point totals, I mean, Fletcher's at eleven and a half again. Damask is up at 14 and a half. Zach Eady's at 23 and a half now. Which seemed a little bit high because I think the best he's ever done against Illinois is 17. I think they've done a decent job on him in the past is kind of mixing things up. They don't stick with one thing. They mix it up, kind of keep them guessing a little bit. I did find one thing that I found uh, found interesting, and it's definitely shifted, but Fletcher Lawyer over one and a half three-pointers made. Everybody's got that line for you here. He has hit two or more threes in each of his last four games. He has hit in six of his last seven. Also, we're looking at 11.5 points for him. Do you remember when, what was it, the was it the Arizona game? Because he had big games, what, for Arizona... He had a big game against Alabama too, didn't he? How do you, I can't remember how he shot at Alabama, but if I remember correctly, he played good. I kind of remember that because I never realized 
just how good he was against top 10 competition. Like, I wish I could go back and find, I, I gotta go back and find that exact number, but he seems to really elevate in the biggest, the biggest settings. So I'm going to ride with Fletch tonight. Yeah, I need to go back and take a look for that. I'm going to see if I can find that because I, I was I was shocked. I didn't realize just how good like Fletch played against top 10 competition. Give it to me here. I found the article. Because he, he had 27 points. Hit five three-pointers against Arizona. Man, it wasn't in this article at, at Purdue Sports. It must have been a tweet or something that I liked. I just remember him being, I, I realized he had it like that during the, you know, against the top-tier opponents. But I'm going to go ahead and bank with him tonight. Fletcher Lawyer, over one and a half threes. I'll keep it simple tonight. And he's great at home. Shoots 40% from three at home. He's been hot as of late. I think a lot is going to be given tonight to Zach Eady and Braden Smith. I think he's got to free up somebody. So this is Lance Jones and Fletcher Lawyer territory. I like Fletch at home. Let's get it. That's my pick for tonight. I hope that I hope I've not cursed him. Legitimately hope I've not cursed him. But it's going to be a good one tonight. I can't wait. Again, we got a loaded couple hours here for you. Uh, Sam King, Lafayette Journal and Courier coming up next. We'll also get the Boiler Basketball Show starting at 4 o'clock. So uh, plenty of great local sports talk. We got it for you right here on 1017 The Hammer. Uh, Purdue in Iowa on Wednesday Women's Basketball. Caitlin Clark is in town, and if you want to go check out uh, that exciting matchup, we'll have tickets for you on Monday. Hey, we're going to go over to the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, bring in Sam King, Lafayette Journal and Courier. He is our guest, uh, covers Purdue basketball and so much more. It's uh, great to have you on, as always, Sam. It's uh, it's It's been an interesting week for Purdue fans as a whole. Uh, you know, you got the Nick Scorton news earlier this week that he landed at A&M, and I think we all know what the score is with that, no pun intended. Uh, and now here you go. You're getting ramped up for a top 10 matchup in Mackey Arena against a, an Illini team that you thought was going to really push you for that top spot in the Big Ten. Uh, I don't think it's a stretch to call this a must-win game tonight, Sam. Uh, being at home, I would say if you if you get your second Big Ten loss this early in the season and you know you still have to go to Illinois, uh, you know, that's bad news. Uh, I, I think this is a game Purdue wins, uh, to be honest. But uh, – I was quite surprised by how well Illinois played without Terrence Shannon, which was, you know, when, when you lose that guy, you think, okay, now you're going to get a team in turmoil, and it didn't seem to affect the Illini too much last week. So, uh, yeah, definitely feels like a game that if you win this, you set yourself up well. Uh, if you lose this, you're kind of trying to crawl out of an early hole in the Big Ten season. Yeah, and we're watching Michigan State try to do that right now, and uh, it's uh, it's not easy there. You mentioned not having uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. 
You know, Rayvel Davis has been on Big Ten Network talking about the mask for quite some time, and uh, he looks to be the guy that kind of steps up and makes a difference. Uh, he'll take on his former teammate uh, in in Lance Jones today. That's uh, that's got to be a very fun matchup and something that, uh, quite frankly, I'm looking forward to. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to talk to Lance at all this week, but um, I got to think that's the first matchup you want to watch here tonight. Yeah, we uh, we talked to Lance yesterday, and uh, you know, to be honest, when I see these two guys, I wonder how Southern Illinois wasn't more successful than it was uh, the last few years, anyway, uh, because both these guys are proving that they can play at big time programs and, and play very well. Um, obviously, Marcus is is pretty much the go to guy for the Illini now. Uh, Lance has started every game this year and, and you know, been productive in, in most all those games. So uh, definitely is it a very intriguing matchup. And clearly, you know, these two guys weren't there last year. So uh, you kind of have that aspect. What do they add to this team? But uh, I think it's really going to come down to who's around those guys and, and who steps up and, and plays their role well. We know, or we should know, that Zach Eadie's probably going to get 20 points and, and close to 10 boards and, uh, do what he does, but it's you know does, does Fletcher Lawyer have a big game? Does Lance Jones um, kind of do what he does? Uh, is this a game where maybe Trey Kaufman Wren becomes becomes an X factor for Purdue? Um, that's what it's probably going to come down to. Um, but you know, it's you mentioned a must win game. I think it's more um, on a national scale. There's going to be a lot of people watching this game that don't know a whole lot about Purdue and Illini outside of you know your couple star players. So. This is a chance on a, a stage with a primetime game on a Friday night in the top ten matchup to really expose yourself to, to some new audiences. Sam, would you be alluding to the fact that when you say exposing yourself to some new audiences, you wouldn't be happening to mention some AP voters that maybe think Kansas is the number one team in the country somehow. People like that, maybe in the national media as well, that just think we have Zach Eady. Yeah, there wouldn't be those kind of people you're talking about, would it? <laughs> well, I mean... You know, I, I'm not going to fault people who think Kansas is better or Houston's better or whoever it might be. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a chance for for some of these people who don't watch Purdue and are strictly looking at you know a loss to Northwestern as a reason to to maybe dock Purdue. Where um, you know you get this late in the season, everybody's got a loss. You don't really uh, put too much stock into one one loss on the road um, in early December, but uh, some people do. But you're right, aside from that, there are still, and it baffles me that we're this far into Zachary's career, and there are still people that think he's only good at basketball because he's seven foot four. Um, yeah, that helps quite a bit, obviously, but the guy has put in the work, and it's obvious every year of his career that he has improved drastically at something to make him a better basketball player. We're talking with Sam King here on the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, another storyline here, Sam, is. Uh, uh, Draven Gibbs Lawhorn, you know, the one-time McCutcheon Maverick, one-time Purdue co- commit. Um, then, you know, he he takes his talents across the country. That relationship kind of gets strained with, you know, Purdue uh, from, you know, some outside influences, so to speak. That falls through. He ends up at Illinois. He's back in town for the first time. Uh, you watched him play at McCutcheon. I-, I know he was a very dynamic player there, but what do you expect out of him tonight? Well, I think that there's probably going to be some emotion uh, in this game for him uh, just because he's a local kid. Um, you know, he's uh, kind of got the uh, Purdue fan base hating him for nothing that is to his own fault because, quite honestly, you know, it's been five years now or four years now, but uh, all my dealings with, with Draven were, uh, you know, great. He was a, 
a great kid to talk to. He was uh, pretty humble back then. He was he knew he was a freshman and all of this and that. And, and you knew back then that he was going to be a big time Division One player. Um, but for the local fans, uh, we haven't seen a lot of him because he's he's gone to different uh, prep schools. But I do think this is a game where. Um, you know, he's going to be playing with a lot of emotion, and that can be good at times. That can be bad at times. Uh, you don't want to overdo it, but, you know, you kind of want to channel your your emotions in a positive way. And um, if he does that, uh, it could be great for the Illini. But uh, on the other side, if, if he's not able to do that or, you know, you let things get to you, um, it could be great for Purdue. Sam, is there an element to this game or a matchup in this game that uh, worries you most for Purdue? Well, uh, you know, last year I thought it was Coleman Hawkins, and then he was uh, kind of a non-factor against Purdue at Mackey Arena. But uh, he does do some things that uh, that scare you a little bit if you're a Purdue fan and just his his size and his athletic ability and and what he's able to do. But um, I think it's going to come down to really the the guard play and uh, can Purdue hit outside shots. And against Arizona, obviously that was a, a... big reason why Purdue won the game uh, with what Fletcher Lawyer did, with what Braden Smith did. Um, I don't think you can count on that in every game where you're going to be facing a, you know, probably at least, if we're being honest, an athletic mismatch uh, on the perimeter. But uh, these guys are savvy basketball players, speaking of, you know, I'll throw Lance Jones in there too, uh, but Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith. And they seem to figure it out when they have things that you perceive as a, a weakness or a reason why they won't succeed. Those guys seem to, to say, well, Maybe that's not going to work, but this is going to work. And uh, especially Braden Smith this year, doing a lot more of the uh, the pull up jumpers, taking a lot more three pointers, um, things like that. Uh, things you start to learn as he's played fifty college basketball games. Um, that when you're a freshman a year ago, maybe you're just trying to force things or do things that have always worked for you against you know competition in high school and AAU. That probably is not up to your talent level. Yeah, because we've heard this argument, right? The the guard pressure, the athletic guards versus, you know, little old Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith. I mean, we heard this what, ahead of Tennessee, heard this ahead of Marquette, heard this ahead of uh, Arizona, and uh, you're, you're absolutely right. They, they found ways to not only be productive, but to win those basketball games, Sam, and, uh, and what we would think is, uh, you described it, an athletic mismatch. Yeah, and uh, after the Arizona game, uh, in the post-game press conference, Arizona's coach said, hey, we're willing to live with Fletcher Lawyer taking running floaters in the lane. Well, that's one of his his key shots. So uh, because Arizona was willing to live with that, uh, you get beat. And I understand when you play Purdue, you have to pick something. You have to double Zach Eady or, you know, sag on him and uh, hope that Purdue doesn't hit threes. Or I mean, there's just so many ways that Purdue can beat you. You have to try to take one of those away and hope that the other doesn't. And, and on that day, Fletcher Lawyer – went off for, I think, 27 points and, and hit a few of those uh, floaters in the lane. So uh, I, I think that's what's different about this Purdue team is that it doesn't have to be Zach Eady going out and getting you 25 to 30 to win a game. Uh, he's very content. Uh, you know, as we saw against Maryland earlier this week, uh, winning the game and whatever he has to do, um, if he has to sacrifice points or whatever, um, he's going to do that. So very unselfish team this Purdue team is, and I think that's, speaks a lot. I talked to Ethan Morton about this kind of at length yesterday. Uh, a big reason for the success of Purdue this year is, first, this team has played so many games together uh, with a lot of the key pieces. And secondly, nobody cares who gets the credit or who gets the stats as long as Purdue gets the win. And then when you do that, kind of everybody gets the credit. So the team has really bought into that, and uh, it's a big reason right now why Purdue's sitting 
on top of the, those poles. Uh, another thing I want to bring up for you, because we're talking about team here, and uh, I, I know you've covered this guy as well extensively in his high school, high school career, but uh, you know, Carson Barrett got himself uh, on scholarship. Matt Painter put him on scholarship here uh, just recently. Uh, we, we talked about how great of a passer uh, that he uh, was in his high school career and that you, you know, you're seeing out here on the floor in those uh, moments he gets out there. But talk a little bit about uh, him here for a moment and, and why Matt Painter would put him on scholarship, you think? Yeah, and I had requested to talk to Carson Barrett at practice yesterday, and I think everybody else was probably thinking, you know, why would you want to talk to a walk-on? Well, I had known at the time that uh, he was being awarded a scholarship, so it it made sense. Um, Yeah, absolutely deserving, and uh, there's probably some other walk-ons who are deserving as well, but as it turned out, Purdue had one scholarship for the semester and and gave it to Carson Barrett, but, um, you know, Definitely deserved. He's a kid who could have gone somewhere and played a lot at the Division Two, Division Three level, and he wanted to stay close to home and and realize his role was going to be basically mimicking the other team's offense and defense in practice. And if he ever played, that was a good sign because you're probably up by 20 with two or three minutes to go. So um, credit to him for you know buying into a role that goes back to what I was just talking about, buying into a role that probably he sacrificed quite a bit in terms of personal game um, just to be a part of something special and he has ambitions of being a coach beyond this year you know hopefully becoming a grad assistant at Purdue next year and he mentioned that 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 and then the experiences of trying to win a Big Ten title and make a deep tournament run were why he wanted to stay at Purdue Um, he knew that being a part of Purdue's program could help you along further in life beyond basketball because you know for most people basketball goes away uh, after your college career your high school career or whenever and and he thought, you know, being attached to this program probably gets your foot in the door a lot of places if you're trying to get into the, the coaching business. So in the NIL world, you mean $600,000 doesn't get you away from your dreams? It's actually a little bit better to kind of maybe just stay put and, and, and work on your goals? Is that is that the message you're conveying here, Sam? Uh, not really, but, uh, yeah, I mean, geez, college football has become, I feel bad for a situation like Purdue has right now because it almost feels like you're a farm system for the schools with more money, but, um, you know, that's the world we live in, in that environment. And, um, unfortunately, uh, money probably cost, uh, Purdue with its best defensive players. So, you know, it is what it is, I guess. And that's just kind of the world we live in and you have to deal with it. Yeah. And, uh, let's, I just, I just hope it stays isolated in the football. If it's going to be this bad and not bleeds over to basketball, but the way Matt Painter runs things, the way Matt, Main, Matt Painter does, uh, does his business. Uh, I feel like uh, Purdue could be a little bit of an outlier moving forward, but hopefully it doesn't decimate basketball like it's been doing with football. Sam King, Lafayette Journal and Courier. Again, he's got you covered here tonight. Late tip-off, 8.30. Uh, I know I sound stupid. <laughs> we sound old when we say late tip-off at 8.30, don't we? Uh, well, I mean, back in the day, uh, I remember when I was a kid begging my parents, can I stay up and watch this game that starts at 8.30 or 9 o'clock, and those were special occasions, but now it's just the reality that we live in, with as many games that are on TV, sometimes you're going to get these 8.30, 9 o'clock tip-offs. Well, Sam, the good news is you don't have school tomorrow. It's a Saturday, so we'll, we'll let you stay up and watch this game tonight, all right? That sounds good. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. Take care, buddy. Try to make it to the end. See ya. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Sam King, Journal and Courier. He's the best, isn't he? Hey, well, hang right here, all right? We'll come right back. I got more Hammer Down Show for you next on 1017 Hammer 1017. 
Hammer Down Show rolling on on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com as uh, the Big Ten's got a big one tonight, Illinois and Purdue. Uh, a couple of top ten teams going at it in Mackey, 830 on Fox Sports 1. Like I told Sam, it's been a uh, it's been a week. You've been on a little bit of a roller coaster as a Purdue fan. Uh, you're certainly not thrilled with what happened in losing, uh, you know, uh, Nick Scorton and then finding out that all the rumors about, you know, A&M on the surface seem true. Now, if you're on message boards, you know what we're talking about here. He did retweet a one of those stupid big game boomer looking account things. Because they put up a, a thing that said he transferred for the money. He says it was so false, and it doesn't matter what I was paid. You ever heard of a market? I would have been paid the same wherever I went to, LOL. Maybe don't casually mention that you've been paid before you get down there. Just me. But as Sam pointed out, you know, this is the new reality. It's the new reality, unfortunately, in football. I, I hope it doesn't bleed into basketball. I don't think you're going to have as drastic changes in the roster like you do in football as you basketball. The one or two pieces, the portal, sure. And I genuinely mean that when I said um, I, I, I don't think this is going to be a huge problem for Purdue going forward because... I think Matt Painter figured out the type of player that he wants. I think that there is more than just being a good ball player that he wants. And I think when you have the success that they do and continue to, I don't think that that's going to be a problem long term. There may be guys that decide, hey, listen, you know, you, you get like the Brandon Newman situation, right? I got a couple years left in me was a starter and know what you're bringing in and stuff. I just, I'd like to use my eligibility. Cool. It's different in some regards. And in some regards, it's very much the same. If you don't think there are people putting in phone calls to best friends, uncles, and things like that in basketball and making offers behind people's backs, <laughs> you are wrong. That is 100% happening. But so far, it seems like just going out there, throwing large sums of money and purging best basketball players to continue to form good teams isn't necessarily happening right now. At least not as publicly. And maybe it just seems minimized because we're only talking about, what, like five starters? Maybe that's the reason. I don't know. It's a good question for Brian Newbert. But yeah, that's tough pill to swallow. You hope that tonight kind of makes up for it. Illinois coming in. And the big unknown is here is, you know, how, how do they play tonight with no Terrence Shannon Jr.? They were very good against Northwestern. And as Sam said, and I echo this, 
I was a little shocked at just how well they played. Now, it's not a shocker to me about Damask. I listen to Rafael Davis. Rafael will tell anybody just how good that kid is. And even Sam brought up, too, it's amazing that Southern Illinois wasn't a little bit better when we're talking about having him and talking uh, about having Lance Jones. A little bit surprised. But they went out against Northwestern, shot 55% from three, shot 62% from the field. I mean, they were hot at home. 100% they were hot at home. And then Cruz. Hopefully they got that all out of their system. Damascus not been as great on the road as he's been at home. He only shoots 33% on the road. Granted, he's only played a couple of games on the road because Illinois doesn't, didn't do a whole lot of that. But he shoots 33% on the road, just 11% from three in his road games this year. Man, I saw his over-under at like, what was it, like, did we say, was it 14 or 16? And I thought, uh, but then, no. Because I think Lance Jones is going to do a good job on him tonight. I, I really do. Another guy that, you know, worries you. We talked about, you know, Hawkins. Coleman Hawkins. Guy that has not played well against Purdue the last time out. He's averaging 10 points a game this season. Again, another guy that. Did not shoot well away from State Farm. 31% overall. But of course, you're not asking him to go out there and uh, be a sniper. You're asking him to go out there, get you some boards, and play good defense. I'll also be interested to see how they attack uh, Zach Eady. Always, I mean, that's always the most interesting thing, right? is what kind of defense do you play against Zach Eady? How do you try to take Zach Eady out of it? And they mixed up what they did. It's like calling offense a play set. They call something different on defense almost every time, whether they double, they bring the double over late, kind of keep Zach guessing, maybe force him in some quick shots that he's not comfortable in taking. You wonder if they try to go back to that again and just keep things varied. Because I think Zach's still going to get his. But Zach in his career uh, against the Illini, I mean, that hasn't been his greatest game of the season. Right? They only played one game last year. And that was after the Big Ten. That was the last game of the regular season. Already had the Big Ten wrapped up. 17.6 rebounds. In 27 minutes. So, doesn't really play the full game. Still gets the good run. But that wasn't really, you know, he's not really pushing at that point. You go back two years ago. The game here in Mackey played, you know, 21 minutes, 13 points. Six rebounds there. Six of ten shooting. At State Farm, he pulled up 20. They went to two OTs in that one, though. 
in only 27 minutes. So it's going to be interesting. You know, like I said, it, another thing you have to watch is just, can they get Coleman Hawkins in foul trouble early on? You know, they'll bring Dane Danger over to try to, uh, you know, put some weight and some size on him there too. That'll be the goal. And then what do they try to do in the secondary? Are you trying to limit the three? Are you trying to take away Braden Smith? What are you doing if you're not bringing that, that double team over on to Zach? What, what is it that you're trying to limit outside of that? And then for Purdue, I mean, it's, it's the same. It's the exact same things we talk about week in and week out. Can you control your turnovers? No, you want to be able to do that. If shots aren't falling, how are you going to start generating offense? What do you need to do? And that's not a crazy question to ask here for you tonight because this is an Illinois team, which I know they haven't played the creme de la creme, but they do have the best uh, defensive field goal percentage in the Big Ten right now. It's close, but... Well, they do have it. I think we we think so much about uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. and what they lose offensively that you tend to forget this is still a team that is, what, uh, ninth or eighth in the net? They're eighth in Ken Palm with a 17th adjusted effic- uh, defensive efficiency. Like they're still not slouches. You lose an All-American, look, that's going to hurt just about anybody. But it's not like the rest of the team is completely hapless. They're still very much a dangerous opponent. I was shocked to see a 10-point spread in this one. I think this is like an 81-70 to game tonight. I don't know that I'm ready to go that far. It just it's it's turned into a, a decent little rivalry. You got a few, you know, you got a lot of guys that are familiar with each other just outside of Lance Jones and Marcus Damask. Yeah, I don't know that Purdue gets to 80, maybe close. But boy. Ooh, ten and a half. I know you're at home. Win the rebounding battle. See if you can pat the inside, get some early fouls. Pray to God you don't have Courtney Green as an official, and you can cover that tonight. You, you can. But this is a, make no mistake about it, this is a must-win game tonight for Purdue. You cannot afford to lose that second game at this point in the Big Ten season. You do that. You have put yourself behind uh, behind the eight ball, so to speak, behind Illinois. You're two games behind them. You're two games behind Wisconsin at that point. You know, you'd be a, a half game behind Ohio State. And then you just put yourself even with Michigan State. Boy, I tell you what, you can't have that. Must win tonight. No Courtney Green. So that's that's my biggest takeaways right there. <laughs>
for this game. Look, we'll talk more about it during the uh, Boiler Basketball Show coming up here in a little bit with myself and Jeff Julik and then uh, special guest Alan Karpik, special guest Nate Barrett, and uh, we'll talk with them here and get their thoughts and uh, get you everything you need to know ahead of this matchup and what's going on in the Big Ten as well. We love doing that. Hang tight. We'll come back. Things we may have missed. We wrap up the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer. One- Show 1017 the Hammer 1017theHammer.com coming up here at the top of the hour. The Boiler Basketball Show kicks off. We'll spend a whole nother hour talking about the Big Ten and your Boilermakers. And of course, going to be talking about this matchup tonight here in Mackey at 8.30. Very much looking forward to that. And very much looking forward to uh, what should be a great weekend here on 1017 The Hammer. You know, uh, it is week 18 of the NFL season. We're watching to see if uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to play on Sunday. But before that, if the uh, Indianapolis Colts want to make the playoffs, they better win. And they got to do it against the Texans. And last time I checked, are they still, are they still dogs here? Because I know the Texans are going to be down some... Jimmy's and Joe's here, but I was shocked to see that the Colts were actually underdogs going into this one. Um, they were actually favorites. Now it's up to, it's still one and a half. Really? Hmm. Now, Texans pretty darn good against the run, but uh, nobody ran for more than Zach Moss did on them. Of course, I don't think he's, he's listed officially as questionable, but I mean, it's Jonathan Taylor's backfield, right? Of course. So, you know, the the Texans, you know, there's uh, questionable Laramie Tunsil would be big. Robert Woods is still questionable. Noah Brown is questionable. Tank Dell is on injured reserve, so you already know that. I'm sorry, Noah Brown is out. Ruled out for Saturday night's game. So there's a there, there's a couple of uh, members there. You know, as for the Colts, you know, we told you uh, Zach Moss questionable, Brainsmith, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly. Uh, you could use uh, any of those guys uh, would be big. I don't think there's anybody else that's not listed on injured reserve where you're like, oh, cool. Uh, so that's uh, that's that situation. Again, Colts win, they're in. Uh, if they can win, and Jacksonville loses. The Tennessee, uh, they could then win the uh, South. But hey, this is what you're going to hear this weekend here on 1017. The Hammer coming up on Saturday. We'll have that uh, St. John's and Villanova game for you here at noon. Followed by that Pittsburgh and Baltimore starting at 4 o'clock and then the Indy and Houston game after that. That takes us into your Sunday where you'll have new uh, the New York Jets taking on the New England Patriots, Chicago, and Green Bay starting at 4 o'clock here. And then Sunday Night Football, Buffalo and Miami is going to be a great one. And oh my gosh, it's already College Football National Championship Monday on the 8th. Very much looking forward to that. So it's going to be a great weekend of sports, which you don't want to miss right here on 101.7 The Hammer. Time for some of the things we may have missed. I cannot believe this. Have you seen this video of the Peloton instructor absolutely burying 
Christopher Nolan's movie Tenet in the middle of the session, and he's actually on the session. Oh, that's got to be heartbreaking, right? I mean, here you are. You're working hard. New Year's resolution, right? You're trying to be healthy and all this, and you only spend like a, well over a year working on special effects, coming up with these store, all that stuff, and then this woman on a Peloton bike absolutely buries it in front of you. She's actually responded to this uh, hoopla and said she really liked Oppenheimer, said she watched it twice, said it was like six hours that she doesn't want back. <sighs> Maybe a little too little too late. I didn't realize that these Peloton instructors uh, went down like that. So I'm glad I don't have one of those things. I'll need them burying me, that's for sure. And then I couldn't help but notice we, we talked about Tug of Iloa going for another year of eligibility and transferring out of Maryland. Alan Bowman, seventh year of eligibility at Oklahoma State. Why? I, uh, how old are you at this point? Like 25? NCAA has got to do something here where they say, you know what? You hit 24, go move on with your life. You're No, you're done. You're done. Injuries or not, you should have a doctorate by the time you're done. Get out of here. You're done. Make room. Maybe that sounds a little bit cold, but it's just it's weird. And you notice this, especially in like sports like basketball, when you got like 24, 25-year-olds playing with like 18-year-olds. It's ridiculous. Seven years? I understand the COVID year puts it in there, but you remember the good old days where you got the one red shirt and you couldn't be there for more than five years? Now we try to make some exceptions, try to do the right thing, but I'm having a hard time trying to figure out how seven years is the right thing for anybody in college to play athletics. Makes zero sense to me. Stop with this. But, of course, this is far down the list of grievances. I think that anybody has with the NCAA. But why do these guys get seven gears and then we have trouble clearing other people that clearly, clearly should be cleared to play college athletics and they'll be held up on some weird technicality, but we'll give kids seven years. Makes no no sense in the world. All right, hang tight. Uh, we're going to take a short break here. When we come back, myself, Jeff Julik, special guest Alan Karpik, special guest Nate Barrett, we're going to talk uh, Boilermaker Hoops and the Big Ten. The Boiler Basketball Show is coming up next, so stick around for that here on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. That's coming up next.